Every year in November, I put up Christmas lights. Marcia likes to have her Christmas stuff up by Thanksgiving, so every year we, we, we do that. And the problem is, it's pretty simple. The lights won't come on if they're not plugged in. That's a, a pretty obvious uh, problem. But the, the solution sometimes a little bit more difficult because the lights where Marcia wants them is over here and the electrical outlet is way over there. And I have to figure out some way to get the electrical power from that outlet over there, over here to where Marcia wants the lights to be without making this incredible mess of uh, electrical extension cords. Uh, that solution's important. The lights won't burn without electricity, and if you uh, do that wrong, you can end up burning down your house, which I don't, I don't want to do, so I try to get that right. The Th- Thessalonian believers were facing some serious problems. Uh, they had some questions, some things they didn't quite understand, and Paul was going to help them with all of that. But there was one problem they did not face. And today, if you know Jesus, you don't face this problem either. If you know Christ as your Savior this morning, you can know there's one thing that you do not lack. You do not lack in power. That's what Paul describes to the Thessalonian believers and what the Bible tells us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Again, we're going to start in verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. I hope you leave this place this morning with a fresh new understanding of the power you know in Jesus. Folks, this is something we can know. The Thessalonians were awash in all kinds of problems and questions. Now, Paul will get to all of that later on in the letter. And God had some very specific answers to their questions. For all the situations they were facing, there was a solution in Christ. He's got answers for us, too. But so many times we start off by asking the wrong question. So before Paul dug into the issues that were facing the Thessalonian believers, he lays a foundation that if you understand this foundation, you'll understand the answers to the questions as well. Here's the foundation that he lays. It's there in verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you. Now, how did Paul know? He seems to be very convinced. He doesn't seem to have a question in his mind about this. How did he know? Well, he names three ways that he knows. Well, first, he knows because of the promise of Christ. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. You see, that was a problem for the Thessalonians. One of the questions they had, some of the people that were their friends, their family, who had come to believe in Jesus Christ, had been executed, had been killed because of their faith. But Paul knew something. He knew because of the promise of Christ, those believers were not dead. They were alive in Jesus He knew it because Jesus promised it. So that was one way that Paul knew. He knew because of the promise of Christ. 
Second, Paul knew because of his own experience. He writes to the Ephesian Christians in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul knew because of the promise of Jesus. He also knew because of his own experience in Christ. He knew how he had been transformed by the grace of Jesus. He was a man who had once sought to kill believers, and now he sought to bring people to faith in Christ. He knew in his own life the power of the gospel, so he knew. He knew the power we have in Jesus. Third, he says he knew because of the evidence that he had seen in the lives of believers, and specifically here he describes the evidence that he had seen in the lives of the Thessalonian believers. There in verse 3, we look at this last week, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had no doubt that Jesus was at work among the Thessalonians. He had no doubt that they were chosen by God. He had no doubt that they were children of the king. Despite all the problems, despite all of the issues, he knew because of the promise of Jesus, he knew because of his own experience, and he knew because of the evidence that he saw in their life that they were safe in Jesus. You are too. If you know Jesus this morning, you are safe In the power of Christ. If you haven't heard, I have a new grandbaby, just in case you missed that announcement a few weeks ago. It's been fun for March and I to to watch in the the life of of Kendra and Joe, kind of how they're reliving some of the experiences that we had when when our kids were were young. Uh, uh, They're they're kind of in that that, that span of of life where there is infinite joy and zero sleep. That's par for the course with newborns. That's just kind of the way that go. Uh, they uh, have an uncanny ability to get their days and nights a little bit reversed. Uh, it would be easy to wonder when you're going through that, is this ever going to get any better? <laughs> and, and every parent has gone through that. You, you wonder, is that child ever going to go to sleep? But it's something that every parent that's lived through that knows, this too shall pass. <laughs> It's going to be okay. Uh, Kendra has an app. Boy, they have an app for everything these days. She has an app on her phone. But every day it automatically sends her a text message of encouragement for new parents. And and, uh, one week after Savannah's birth, she got the, the simple little message, You're doing great as a new mom. Take heart. This newborn phase doesn't last forever. You know, when you're going through some of that, it can seem like it's never going to end. When you're up at that, for that 3 a.m. feeding and the baby's been fussy all night long, you can just be wondering, is this ever going to go away? But you can know it's going to be okay. This too shall pass. We face a lot of issues in life, a lot of serious things. We face a lot of questions for which we do not know the answer. We face temptations that look so good and they look like they would make life so much better. We face the traumas of life, the loss of a loved one, a job that goes south, bills that pile up faster than the money can come in. We may find ourselves in the same place where the Thessalonian believers were. 
They were facing a really serious question. Some of their friends, some of their family had died because of their faith. And they had tremendously difficult questions about that. First, they wondered, how did that happen? They were doing the right thing. They were following Jesus as their Savior. Did Jesus abandon them? How in the world did He let them go through that terrible circumstance? What does it mean that they have died? Does it mean that we've, we've followed the wrong thing? Does it mean we've done something wrong? Is there, what's going on here? And then they had questions about the person who had passed away. They had some tremendous questions about the return of Christ. They were anticipating the imminent return of the Savior, and they thought, well, these folks have died. Are they going to miss that? Now, now Paul will deal with all of those questions through the course of his letter to the Thessalonians. He's going to describe the, the hope that we have in Christ, a hope that extends beyond death, a hope in which we know that those who have gone on before us, they're not dead. They're with the Savior and Lord. We can know that. And he's going to describe to him about the return of Jesus, that when Jesus returns, he's going to bring all those that have come before. He's going to gather up all those that are left here on the earth. and We're all going to be reunited in his presence. He's going to deal with all of those questions. But before he gets to the specific answer, he, he wants them to understand this foundational issue that whatever you face in this world, if you know Jesus, you are safe in the arms of the Savior. All of these things will pass away. All the hurt, all the heartache, all the sickness, all the temptations, all the stuff of this world. It's just temporary. But the grace you know in Jesus, that's forever. That'll never end. That's something you can know. You can know that. Well, that's nice to say. But how did Paul know that? Well, he recognized as he was writing the letter that that's what would be going through the Thessalonian believers' minds as they were reading those words. And so he gets very specific with them, and the Bible gets very specific with us about how we can know this. This is what he said, last half of verse 4 there, the because. Okay, the because refers back to what he just said. It's, you know, For we know brothers loved by God, he has chosen you. You're safe in his arms. You're part of his family. You're part of his people. Because, and the because means this is how I know. Here's what he says. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Now, Paul in this passage is using language that would have been very familiar to someone that was coming out of a, a, a Hebrew background which Paul did. Now, some of the Thessalonians didn't, but this is language that, that would have resonated with people that came from the background uh, of Paul. In, in the verses we read, read last week, that verse 3, he talks about believers being chosen, about believers being loved by God. Now, that's a very profound statement. Those are words used in the Old Testament to describe the people of Israel, God's chosen uh, people. And now Paul has extended that to everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's a profound statement in the New Testament time. It especially would be a profound statement from someone who used to be a Pharisee. And he's writing to a people who are primarily Gentiles. I mean, this is some pretty profound stuff that Paul is describing. 
And so because this is such a, an extraordinary statement that he, he makes, he gives some foundation to his words. He, he says, this is how I know this. Because, first off, he says, the message that he brought to them, the gospel, was not just words. The, the Greek and Roman world were awash in words. There were people who were teaching philosophies that would basically back up any kind of lifestyle you wanted to live. There was a god or a goddess who would emphasize whatever it was that you thought was most important in life. You could just go to that temple and, and worship that god. And there were philosophies galore. You could go down to the center of the city and just talk and talk and talk till your tongue fell out about all the different philosophies that were all around in the world. But Paul says, what we know in Jesus, the gospel, that's different. It's not just words. The gospel, Paul writes, came with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. First of all, the gospel comes with power. There was a transforming power in the message that was proclaimed by Paul and the other believers. It was a power that had changed their life. You that know Christ today, you know what I'm talking about. You, you remember that day. Maybe it was in vacation Bible school. Maybe it was in a church worship service. Maybe it was there at the foot of your bed. But there came that moment when you recognize, God, I need you. God, I, I, I have sinned. I've messed up my life. I've done things that are wrong. I can't change that. But Lord, in your word, you say you sent your son to pay the price for all that junk in my life. And God, I don't deserve it. God, there's no way I could have ever earned this. But I accept this extraordinary gift of forgiveness that you have given by your grace. That when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for me too. God, I accept that. And Lord, you're alive today. Three days later, you, you rose again. And, and not only do I want your forgiveness today, I want it for all eternity. And I want to live for you for all eternity. So I want to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. You know what that was like. That moment when all of a sudden, you who once were dead are made alive in Christ. That's what Paul's talking about here, the power of the gospel. And, and sometimes as believers, we forget that, especially those of you like me, you've grown up in church. I came to faith when I was uh, nine years old. That's been a few weeks ago. <laughs> so sometimes in our Christian life, we forget about that incredible moment of transformation in our life when Jesus Christ saved us. And so Paul reminds the Thessalonians and the Bible reminds us, don't forget there's life-transforming power in the gospel. Second, Paul says that the power of that message was displayed through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, this wasn't just some happy thought or, or some theory. God was literally, really with the Thessalonian believers. No matter what the world threw at them, God would be there. We can know that no matter what we face in this world, none of it 
is bigger than the God who lives within us. Finally, Paul says the power of the gospel is displayed in what he calls a deep conviction. Uh, Paul faced a lot of obstacles in his life, and Thessalonian believers knew it. They knew how Paul had gone through some difficulties. He'd gone through prison. He'd gone through all kinds of agony. Uh, But he kept going. He, He continued to be faithful. He kept sharing the good news of Christ. Why? Because he had a deep, abiding conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord. What kept him going was that absolute assurance in the faithfulness of God. And we can have that same assurance. Not too long after we moved to Springfield, Marsha heard on the radio that that, uh, you could have your photograph taken with this famous Christian singer who was at a store on the other side of town. And it happened to be a Christian singer that the girls really liked. So they loaded up in the car and they drove across town. And they got their picture taken with a cardboard cutout (laughs) of this particular famous Christian singer, you can't believe everything you hear on the radio. But if it's on the Internet, then you know. You can't believe everything you read on the Internet either. Sometimes it's hard to know what to believe. And sometimes it feels like you can't believe anything. And that's not any different than the world has ever been. In the Thessalonians world, they heard all kinds of philosophies and all kinds of religious stuff. And none of it made any sense. And so most of them would ask when they'd hear something, well, how do you know that? And so Paul wanted them to understand this was something they could know. And you can too. You are loved by God. He has chosen you. They knew this through the promise of the gospel. They knew this through the transforming power that they had received in Christ. They knew this from the presence of the Holy Spirit. They knew this from the deep conviction of their faith. We can know it too. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, you are loved loved by God. He has chosen you. You can know this through the transforming power of the gospel. Remember that day that you received the Savior. What a glorious day that was. You can know this through the presence of the Holy Spirit. God is with you. He is with you today. He'll be with you tomorrow. He'll be with you through all eternity. And you can know the deep conviction in your life that is revealed through the new way that you live, the new way that you make decisions in life. You don't have to wonder. You can know. When people ridicule you because of your faith, you can know you're loved by God and that He has chosen you. When life throws you questions and doubts, you can know you're loved by God and that He has chosen you. When you face those crises of life that threaten to knock you off your feet, You can know that you are loved by God and that He has chosen you. If you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. You are loved by God and He has chosen you. Last week I challenged you to think of one thing that you could do that would further your 
your journey with, with Jesus. And I, I told you I'd be sharing with you each week a, a little something. A lot of these are coming from an article written by a lady at Lifeway that talked about 52 ways you can, can take a step forward in, in your walk with the Lord. So one of them is something we've actually been doing this for a while, but maybe you forgot about it or maybe you just hadn't had a chance to, to do it. Back here in the back, we have these little business cards. They're in a little uh, basket that's on a table just as you exit out of the auditorium. You'll see them there. It says National Heights on one side. has some contact information. And then on the other side, it has just a short uh, little brief summary of what the times of our services are and all that good stuff. Take a handful of these. Just sit them on your desk at work or, or put them on your kitchen table there at home or just someplace where people will find them and see them. And as, as folks come by, just hand them one. Say, hey, uh, come by and see us at National Heights one day. That would be a great step. Just to share with them the ministries of our church, invite them to come, and then be praying, God, you use the ministry for our church to reach, my friend. They need to know you. They need to know your power. They don't have this assurance that I've got, so use that little business card to bring them to National Heights so they can learn about you. That, that's one way, and I'll be sharing 51 more before the year's out, so hang with me. We've we got lots more to come. 